Imagine if people were giving us money to do this shit that we're doing right now. <laughs> we need to find a billionaire yeah. who enjoys this content where we say fuck them <laughs> to a billionaire. A billionaire with a self-flagellation complex who's not willing to actually change things systematically but is willing to fund people who deprecate them. <laughs> yeah. Or, well, you know, someone who does both, I guess. So if anyone knows any billionaires, just hit us up. <laughs> exactly. Any billionaires out there, fuck you, but also, fuck you, pay me. I think that's, <laughs> as the kids are saying. I mean, that is what strikes are, basically. <laughs> Literally. Fuck you, but yeah, also... Yeah, well, we're going to go on strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to go on strike. <laughs> we're going to stop making these. <laughs> Until a billionaire pays us. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode of Two Arcrads is brought to you by billionaires. Billionaires. The only type of nares that do well. Bill Gates, more like pay my bills, Mr. Gates. Jeff Bezos, more like Jeff pay those damn workers. And also me. Rupert Murdoch, more like Rupert Knock Knock. Who's there? A big slab of cash with Sammy and Morgan, am I right? Okay, so I've wasted about 30 seconds of intro time on billionaire points, but... Today's episode is a bit of a reflection on 2019, what we did art-wise, and also the art that we've enjoyed. So yeah, hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, thanks for listening. You guys are awesome. I, I can't be trusted with this intro. Hello, and welcome to Two Art Grads, the podcast of stories, advice, and imposter syndrome from two recent art grads. Hey, that's us. I'm Samir. I'm Morgan. And on this episode, we're talking about what's it called? It's called. <laughs> it's called. What did I even do this year? Yeah. Thanks. That's that's it. So it's currently the sixteenth of December. So every yeah. So every time we say this year, we mean two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because we're gonna say it a lot. I feel like. <laughs> that's really. That's a good point. So what did we do this year? This is why I got my notes up. Okay. You actually have notes. <laughs> Loosely. So I guess I ended 2018 having just done Gallery 37 and most of the, the end of 2018 to the beginning of 2019 was sort of still sorting out being self-employed. The way my work seems to be going, I never know what I'm doing for a month in advance, or I rarely do, but I tend to have like a different project each month which takes over that month. So in January, my project was with Birmingham Central Library. I was a volunteer invigilator for the Echo Eternal Festival exhibition, which was an exhibition where testimonials of Holocaust survivors were being used by local school groups to create artworks. Mm. Um, and they each had an artist working with them to create the artwork. And in February, I had my exhibition, which was at Artifact, and that was kind of impromptu. That was a case of they had positions for exhibitions throughout the year, and I met some of the people who run Artifact and was like, hey, can I exhibit some of my stuff? And they were like, yeah, that'd be great. And so my exhibition went from February to March. In this time, so sort of February, March, I also was doing some workshops with another, uh, one of the, like, writer and poet called Lara, who was also on Gallery 37 with me. And these are poetry writing workshops where we co-hosted. I want to do more of those, actually. I really enjoyed those. And we sort of co-hosted getting participants to make poems responding to my themes of context and stuff like that. And so we got people to like collage these photographs they'd never seen to try and tell a story of something that they remember happening from their own lives. And then we got them to sort of look at their phone message history 
and create poetry based on snippets of text from it. It was really fun. It was mm. really good. April, what was I doing in April? Oh, end of April, I was in my friend's short film. Yeah, I went to Bristol. We shot it. I think we did all the filming in May, end of April, beginning of May. It was a 20-minute short film for his degree. That was really fun. May, there was Birmingham Pride, where I was walking with Unmuted, which is a people of colour queer community group for specifically for like young people in Birmingham and also with Erdington Arts Forum I helped facilitate a LGBT performance event in Castle Vale. June I had an exhibition in Cornwall oh, and also in June I did my residency in Oxfordshire. July I collaborated on another short film with a person called April. <laughs> anyway August I was doing a spoken word performance. I went to do the performance at Supernormal Festival that the residency was building to. I also was writing like worked with my friend uh, Naria to create a, to like I one of my poems was sort of being used like as a script and I helped make a script for a short film September I was doing another residency this one in Birmingham with Eastside Projects I also was a uh, featured spoken word performer for Sturchley Speaks at Artifact Gallery in October I performed at my church uh, that I used to go to I did a spoken word performance for Black History Month I also did a commission with Bass Festival did some artwork responding to the festival November was Q121 oh Q121 it was a group that sort of after Birmingham Pride we kind of got together and were responding to the fact that like the facilities for Birmingham Pride were very much for one that it was ticketed and the tickets were really expensive and there was like I think a case that was reported of a person being kicked out because they didn't have a wristband and they were like part of the thing and it was all shit yeah so we responded to that we wanted to make a sort of more grassroots community-based queer people of colour arts collected thing and Shouts Festival is a queer arts festival in, that takes place in Birmingham and we took part in a community day in November where we ran workshops, we had a discussion, we had a short film that we made. I actually, so I keep saying that like I don't feel comfortable calling myself a filmmaker but I've actually been part of quite a lot of <laughs> film projects. Yeah. And then December, which is now in the time of recording, Q and are trying to organise a Christmas queer party thing. And also, to art grads is another thing that I did in this time. Yeah, I, I think I rambled for a bit. Um, that's what I've done this year. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was... That was your year. That was my year. So I have a highlights of my Instagram of stuff I've done this year. And like I forget that I've done a different thing each month, basically. It always feels like I haven't done much because I kind of do a smaller project and then I move on to the next one. And I think it's really good to keep track of all the small projects you do because they, they do build up. I can't remember who said it. I was some comedian. There's a quote that's like, if you are feeling bad about yourself, edit your CV and look at all the stuff you've actually done. Mm. Yeah. Am I doing my year? Mine will be not that detailed because <laughs> mine is a lot more repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so for context, my end of 2018, I was working at a theatre six days a week, which I kept doing until September, which is why this is a lot quicker, because it's just like, did that for nine months, and then I did something else for three months. But yeah, I guess my big goal of the year that I was working on while working at the theatre was to set up my Etsy and bookbinding business which I did. It was finally set in May. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So I went part-time in May, which is probably why everything picked up then. So yeah, the business launched, I started an Instagram for it, and we started this in May as well, which wasn't even a thing we had planned to do, but 
it happened. And in May I entered the Society of Bookbinders competition, made the thing in May slash June and sent it off in June. And then it was exhibited in July to September. And then everything is kind of keeping those two projects running, like the business and the podcast. So in July I started applying for other jobs. Turned out I got the first interview I went for. So then I left the theatre in September and then October to now has just been all the things, which is good. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think one of the things that we talked about in the other episode was the importance of actually maintenance is a big thing. It's all well and good like having lots of different projects, but it's so much work to have a product that you consistently maintain and like keep going. Actually making sure you're putting in the work all the time to make sure the project can be sustained is really, really hard. Mm, Yeah. So I started my new job on the first week of October and... I'm just remembering the hell week that was the first week of October because I remember a podcast episode came out. Uh, I had a costume commission due and I was working in an event at the weekend and I had to apply for Christmas craft fairs and it was just like all of these because it feels like when you're just like maintaining them all on like separate tracks it feels like they're kind of manageable but then inevitably sometimes all of them need your attention all at once. Yeah, I definitely felt that sort of mid-November where I had the commission for Punch. I had to send them that. I had to sort of finish it and send it to them. I also had the Shout Festival thing with Q121. There was stuff I had to do uh, regarding that. I also was doing Poetober in October. Every day I made a poem and published it to my Instagram. But towards the end, I took a break to finish on things. And I wanted to like get that done sort of before the end of November. And yeah, then there was like tag stuff to do in November as well. Sometimes just everything happens at once and it's terrifying. Yeah, like I had the same thing last was it last week or the week before basically craft fair took over my whole life yeah yeah (laughs) but it was really really fun like i'm really glad i did it it was a stretch goal in the first place i didn't think i would do one this year with the shop only being like six months old but then it was actually really successful and fun the lady who runs the craft fair that i ended up having a place at has this big community around it so they always do meetups and stuff the week before events which i'm really glad i went to that that was my year the end you got some questions for me. Yeah, because that was kind of like our years in what we had put out in the world and made and stuff, because I'm interested. Do you have favourite stuff you took in? Favourite exhibition? Favourite film? Mu- like book? Music? Etc. Okay, let's think. A lot of the art that I took in was art that, that people I know made. Because like basically any <laughs> anyone who sort of either met this year or hung out with this year and I've seen their art, I've been like blown away like there are so many talented people who have been so fortunate to like come into contact with so super normal festival was really really cool for me so it was my first residency seeing the process of the other artists making their work and then actually getting to experiencing it as well was so cool so there were i think seven of us in total so there was a duo called sam one sam two made of Samuel Lanchin and Samra Mayanja. Sam 1, Sam 2 did a lot of workshops. I don't know how to describe their workshops. They were talking, they were about consciousness raising. I don't know, allowing us to like create spaces where we can be vulnerable and stuff. And like, it was essentially group therapy art workshops. It was really great getting to watch them work and sort of their spontaneous erratic process. Jessica Ashman is a powerhouse. She is an animator, singer, songwriter, and she plays guitar and she's just 
awesome and she created an animation responding to the Brazers house which is like is a big fancy house in Oxfordshire with kind of low-key colonial ties and so she was responding to that so if I has a black person coming into this space how do we interact with it and she had created a narrative called daughter of like a time traveling observer of this space and being their ties to it and it was really cool she had an animation she created a soundtrack with her playing guitar and singing and I've still literally four months later got it stuck in my head there was Nick Harris who was is a really cool performer he's a comes up with these wild characters like creates these scenarios where people are like not sure if this is just a very strange person or if it's him doing a character he had a character called felix who did tours of the house but was always like dropping his stuff and was always like being really surreal and silly and funny which was like an experience (laughs) um then there was rob shuttleworth who also goes by haddo who's a really cool musician who like creates instruments from objects found on site they had like a live looper with a contact mic and created a huge sort of symphonic sound performance based on these instruments that had been made out of stuff then the last artist uh, there uh, was april lynn who i mentioned we worked together on the film uh, rest that was in july so april they make artwork which is sort of Oh, again, these people have such like cool, interesting work that's really hard to describe. So it's documentary exploring relationships with technology and uh, sort of disidentification. I've read their artist bio so many times and I can't remember how they put it. They put it really well. Yeah, the point is like these are really, really cool artworks that I've got to experience. And I really love that I got to see these artworks from initial idea to final concept at the festival. That blows my mind. So I guess that's what stands out to me of like things I've experienced this year. I mean, recently I watched the film Knives Out, which I thought was really, really cool. Ooh, I'm going to go see it next yeah. week, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. It's one of those films where if you go in expecting a murder mystery thing, you're not going to necessarily be satisfied because you kind of know where the twists are going. Or at least I think it was well telegraphed where the twists were going. But it's just really fun watching the characters interact, these big wild characters and how they relate to each other and how they get there even if you know where it's going hmm. so yeah that's that, that's art that i've enjoyed hmm. cool what about you what are your favorite things highlights from this year the hiatus collective exhibition was so good and i think that was really good to go to to kind of remind me that small exhibitions are happening yeah especially now that i like work in museum arty sector so i've been to like something like 40 or 50 museums and art galleries in the last three months but they're all kind of big ones, so it's nice to like go to little ones. I really like little ones. I've been to lots of good museums, though. It's kind of, it's a museum, but it's just an artwork in itself. 575 Wandsworth Road. So it's this house in Lambeth that it's really hard to explain and it doesn't sound impressive until you go and then it's like mind-blowing. So it's a normal two-up, two-down house, so it's tiny. But then when you go in, it's the guy who lived there who was a man from Kenya who was a civil servant basically all of his life, but in his free time was a poet and also a woodcarver and he did all of this woodcarving like literally all over his house. The walls are covered and the ceilings and the stairs and kind of everything in these really intricate wood carvings. It's just a cool space to like think about art and stuff <laughs> like because he did it just entirely for himself and during his whole lifetime no one knew that this house was this like magical cave inside and it was only that he left it in his will to the National Trust who then picked it up and now 
it's public but it's not even public in a like they don't have social media and they're not marketing which I find really interesting because they can only have six people in at a time so they have to keep this thing low-key even though it's amazing so it's just a really interesting space and they do things like artist residencies and have community groups there and open mic kind of music things and it is just kind of a functioning space and it's really really beautiful so that was probably my favorite arty thing it's also just been really nice to have the time to (laughs) go to arty things now that i'm not working evenings like there are so many things where it's been just an experience that's been so lovely the whole experience has been so immersive like you go to uh, an event and it's not just the the thing you're going for but it's like the people and it's just everything about it maybe the atmosphere of like where the thing is yeah i think the environment has a huge part in how immersive and all experiences as well like we recently saw amanda palmer at union chapel it's just such a cool space and show and that's probably up there as well my favorite things my favorite theater from this year isn't a show fictionally show but probably in McKellen on stage especially with like how kind of depressing some things seem sometimes it's kind of nice to have an older person who is kind of on your side and can talk about past things like Thatcher and stuff and be like we got through that so it'll be fine and it's just such an uplifting nice night and he also did Gandalf so it was great <laughs> mm. for some reason uh, what you were saying about Ian McKellen made me think about Arthur I've experienced Oh, that's it, because you said it was like a theatre thing, but it wasn't really a sort of theatre experience. And I was starting to think about other ways to experience art. Like, I think I've found my favourite poet on Button Poetry on YouTube. There's a poet called Emmy Mahmood. Just everything she says just, it's, just hits me in a way of like, oh, damn, what? The first poem of hers that I saw was one called How to Translate a Joke. I just love the form of the way she talks about poetry and deconstructs the idea of this joke that has sort of all the ways in which it's really misogynistic. Just seeing all the sort of systemic things that underlie the joke and then applying that to her own life and stuff. It's just really just blows my mind. Like, mm. And then she has other poems which are just like so personal and so visceral about sort of her experience moving to America, like being an Im- immigrant having really sort of technical intricate metaphors and stuff that are also sparse and just raw emotions Mm. and it's really just man she's powerful yeah she's my favorite poet and i discovered her this year i've read so much this year like probably more than i ever have which is really surprising because i was working like all the time and also really busy with other stuff commutes though commutes though audiobooks though (laughs) like i think over half of them are audiobooks but i was trying to come up with my favorite there's so many and they're all so different that i don't even know what really to start with i mean the ones i recommend the most probably are the broken earth trilogy Mm. Broken Earth Trilogy, I'll make yeah, a note of that and <laughs> By N.K. Jemison. It's the only series that every single book won the Hugo Award Wow, yeah. okay I want to reread them And then I read some really, really great non-fiction this year So, Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker I think that's his name Yeah, that's a really, really good book if you want to read some science Also Sapiens I finally read this year And Becoming by Michelle Obama Have you read it? No, but you reminded me Was it Rock the House? Knock Down the House. Knock Down the House. Knock Down the House yeah. is my film of the year. Well, yeah. well, I have two films of the year and they're both bangers. Yeah. So Knock Down the House for non-fiction and then Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, Obviously. this year? Obviously. Is that this year? Yeah, it came out January. Oh my God, Or wow. at least I saw it in January. See, that's the thing. I always tend to remember the most recent things. Mm. Like, I always, like, mm. I, Into the Spider-Verse was 
this year. Also, if you haven't seen Super Sam Stuff's video essay on Into the Spider-Verse, you need to watch that. Cause, Super Sam Stuff's video yeah. okay, okay. So good. Also, his, like all of his video essays about film. Mm. But the Ratatouille one is also great. I really love video. Like, ContraPoints has been doing some great mm. stuff, as ever. Um, Philosophy Tube. Yeah, I still haven't fully dived into that world because they're so long. <laughs> Very long. But, like, but I've seen a few ContraPoints videos. Yeah. Cat's into like three, four hours now. Yeah, yeah, She yeah. watches video game things for things she's not going to play that are like three hours long. I watched a, a playthrough of the entire of The Last of Us and it was basically a film. And so I feel like I played the game without playing it. Yeah, I really like those because I'm so bad at games. Same. That I'm just like, but they're such great stories. Yeah. I just want to watch someone have this story. Hollow Knight is a game that I really loved watching the playthrough of. Hollow Knight has an amazing art style and just like really cool world. Mm. The world building from a gameplay mechanics point of view of the map is really interesting. Really, really cool. Again, haven't played it, but like yeah. saw the playthroughs and I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. One that Kat made me watch her play, and I'm so glad she did, because it's like it's definitely up there with my top things of the year, art-wise, is What Remains of Edith Finch, the game. Mm. And it's basically like a short story collection, but in a game. Like, I can't stop thinking about it, and I can't... The annoying thing is, like, if it was a book, I would go and reread it, but I can't go and play it, because I'm so bad at games. But So there's this house in, like, Pacific Northwest, and this family has lived there, but all of them have died somehow, and then it's kind of you as the person are walking around all these rooms and hearing the story of how one of your family members died and it's like creepy but the stories are so good mm. yeah because i was throughout the year was collecting things of the vibe of the thing i eventually want to write and mm -hmm. it's like one of those vibes mm. yeah i'm definitely collecting the vibe of things i want to write i mean in that ethos i really love hello future me for video essays he does a lot of video essays about Avatar The Last Airbender. I already loved that series. I've watched so many video essays about it. I don't know, I really love re-engaging with that uh, piece of media through the lens of now watching video essays about the magic system and the world building and the story structure. Again, that's similar to future novel story, whatever that I want to write. Mm. I've been trying to read The Divine Comedy. It's really good. It's really slow. It's it's hard to read. An essay that I want to write and probably exists is how the Divine Comedy is the good place, mm. uh, but epic poem. It's so similar in the way that it's like an argument about morals and ethics and stuff. I'm sure someone's written this essay. If it exists, I want to read it. Mm. If not, I want to write it. The good place, though. The good place, though. Show of the year. Yeah, it's real good. It's so good. Have you watched The Dragon Prince? I watched the first two uh, series. There's a third one that's come out now that I haven't seen. It's good. It's good stuff, though. It's real good stuff stuff yeah 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 I wrote down as my show of the year Hilda for art wise yeah yeah have you seen it mm -mm. it was based on a graphic novel about like Norwegian folk tales mm. so it's just adorable and the animation is gorgeous and it's kind of the most directly arty impact because it made me be like right I need to learn to draw <laughs> like digital drawing and animation which mm. we will come on to in goals Ooh, okay okay <laughs> should we use that as a segue well I'm done with media yeah, yeah, same. Se segue. <laughs> so that ending kind of segues into the next episode, which is all about our goals for 2020. Hopefully, we can build on all of the stuff we've done in 2019 and also incorporate some of the best practices we talked about back in the How to Turn Off Art Mode episode. Look at that, continuity. So we mentioned a lot of artists in this episode, uh, so we're going to have links to all of those in our show notes. 
All right, let's credit some people. Our wonderful theme music was written and performed by Axel Legault, with vocals you're about to hear by Jessica Moore. Our illustrator, who designed our logos and the show art, is Kat Whitfield. You can find links to all of these lovely humans on twoartgrads.com, and we are at twoartgrads on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks again for listening. Like, what if we're like five to ten years deep in this podcast? Mm. Are we still going to be two art grads? And I was like, two art, two. Two art. <laughs> but maybe we were just two humans. Two humans, two humans. <laughs> and it's like, in like, I uh, got um, quotes around it. Two yeah. humans. <laughs> yes. But I also like two art. <laughs> two art. Uh, two art. <laughs>